0: This is Power Athlete Radio, with your hosts,
1: Denny K, Professor Booty, and V, Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and
0: retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs.
2: Tuning into Power Athlete Radio. This week, the crew is reunited. After taking a week hiatus from the show, the band is back together to catch up on each other's travels. What was regionals like for the CrossFit football staff? Our perspective from the booth may be a limited one, but we are fortunate enough to run into old friends, former attendees, and vertical jump sharks every year. What happens when you challenge drunk spectators to 75 power snatches for time? Well, when a free seminar is on the line, shit gets very real. The guys and I talk a bit about the sport of fitness and how it has evolved over time. What about CrossFit has made it more spectator-friendly? Is it the programming, the new equipment, or simply the strategic use of spandex that consistently pulls a larger and larger crowd every year? Remember when there used to be a rule about not wearing white shorts if your name wasn't Stacy Tovard? Of course, we have to take time to speculate on what exactly happened with Julie Fouché. Having watched footage of her bounding box jumps, we can only make educated guesses as to why she suffered an acute and unfortunate injury. Finally, what's on the horizon for Power Athlete HQ and CrossFit Football? With Jack Street in full swing, The Basics recently launched, and The Grindstone soon to go public, Power Athlete is proudly bringing athletes the best programming possible on Train Heroic to fit their individual needs. However, we don't stop there. The education continues with our CrossFit football seminars all summer long. Listen to find out where we're going and how you can get involved. Without further ado, I give you episode 108.
0: What's up, Power Athlete Nation? Welcome to another episode of the premier podcast in strength and conditioning, Power Athlete Radio. This is a special edition. We're going to kind of go up the grid on it. Today, I'm joined with Tex, Callie, and Levi, and Bobby. And we're going to talk a little CrossFit regionals, CrossFit football booth, and possibly the Julie Foucher injury incident. But first of all, how's everybody doing today? Great. Doing great. I'm doing swell. I'm doing swell. I haven't heard swel- that word of. in a while. Well, I'm it's... doing both, swell and swole. I'm just holding right. it down at HQ for Luke and John. They're out today, so uh, I'm sitting in the big man's chair, pretending to be cool. You're swole. Yeah, I got swole to sit in John's chair.
2: All right, guys, let's uh, let's get things going. Um, first of all, I know that we've been sort of radio silent. Uh, no pun intended, or pun intended. Uh, we took the last week off. Uh, because we've been traveling a tremendous amount. And um, I know I've been joking with Tex that he is the international man of mystery because he's been all over the grid. He's basically the uh, the cross of football... Uh, roughneck. I don't know. What did you call yourself, Tex? A roughneck. Roughneck. So
3: this is uh, just a Texas term back when, you know, oil was prevalent gushing all over the country. You had guys that would just travel around. If a, a well taps, they move on to the next one. So if it's flowing, they're working. I got the flow. I'm working. It's going.
2: Where 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 has the flow been recently?
3: I uh, well I did just get a haircut, but I mean the flow's been in Atlanta, the flow's been in uh let's see, California. I don't usually make my way out there, but I had to for the California regional and I had a freaking I was gonna curse, but I have a freaking great time.
2: You Me can, and Levi. You can curse, it's okay. So so you and Levi, how was uh the SoCal regionals?
0: It was good. I was just going to ask Tex if for his haircut, since he's got the flow, if he was using the Floby. Have you guys ever seen that?
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, terrible. The, the vacuum. Uh, no, the vacuum was awesome. Office. Yeah. Uh, regionals was awesome. I had a good time. Uh, me and Tex don't get, a, get to spend a lot of time together, and I just, uh, you know, had a great time hanging out with him, picking his brain a little bit, and uh, asking all the important questions, so...
3: Yeah, we, uh, we didn't have a lot of downtime because, I mean, the vert was popular as always, and we were uh, just a corner booth. So it was just kind of, Levi, I get to test his shit-talking ability, and he's almost on Callie's level. He had some good one-liners. I think he, he might have stolen from Callie, but... Uh,
2: that's fucking yeah. impossible.
3: <laughs> I mean, he was pulling out the Star Wars trivia questions. What I thought that was pretty unoriginal. But then
0: he switched to WWE.
2: <laughs> oh, that's That's brilliant. I haven't heard that one.
0: It's historical.
2: <laughs> That's great. So what were the verts like?
3: Uh, well, I'll tell you California can jump a hell of a lot higher than Atlanta.
2: Okay. So
3: we had uh we had one gym it was freaking ridiculous. They 32 guys had 39 and a half inch verts and then just their boy who really didn't do any training just kind of hang out with this crew got 42.
2: Wow, uh, were those are were uh, those our repeat jumpers?
3: Uh, maybe these I see. So I don't know these Cali guys too well, right. so everybody was a new jumper to me.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. So anything else uh, notable? I mean, um, aside, we'll get to the we'll get to the actual regionals, the stuff that people actually care about. But I'm always just curious because I didn't get to do the SoCal one just because I've moved. But um, you know, there's always some random bullshit. Like, did anyone get super drunk and barf in the middle of the the vert? <laughs>
3: We actually, we had to recruit a couple of Levi's boys to uh, attend the football experience. Oh, yeah. So the football experience was Randy with the six-minute cap, and one of his boys was drinking champagne all freaking morning. And then he did 30 reps in a row. He he was going for the gold because it was a free start on the line, and this guy wanted to, and he went for everything in all-out sprint, and he crashed and burned on rep 31.
2: Wow, was his yeah. name Luke Summers? <laughs> Oh, my God. That's classic summers, just, like, going for broke, like, 30 reps straight, no no feeling of fatigue, and then suddenly it's... And
3: drunk on champagne. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, basically. Wow. Um, so how did people take to Randy? I know that when we discussed doing it, it was... Uh, you know, it was like one of those kind of like taboo things because, like, well, it's not exactly cross of football, but we did want to pay homage to to uh, you know the actual event that was being used at the regionals. So, you know, like, did uh, did did the guys like were they all about it or what?
3: There there were a lot of people that just wanted to get their wad on. Sure. <laughs> so what we did, we took the approach and we applied the individual warm up that we subscribed on Power Athlete and HQ. And a lot of people were sweating. I don't know if it was the California heat. I'm used to it. You know, 110 degrees, whatever. But they were sweating. They were rolling around. They're like, uh, "This is a terrible workout." we like, I'm just getting warmed up. Chili's hot, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then you had the LF, LFL girls helping you out, Chelsea and Amanda, correct?
3: They, they did. They were actually modeling all of our new tank tops for us. So that was a, that was a great experience, you know. Uh, yeah. Hanging out with those girls.
2: Not bad having a little eye candy at the booth. Oh, um, there, there
3: was eye candy everywhere Callie. let's be real. This is spandex capital of the world.
2: A is so <laughs> kind. I know it truly is. It's Lycra Central. Um, so how did it compare to Atlanta? I mean what were, what were you and Bobby's experience like in Atlanta? First of all, y'all y'all had to drive down there from DC right
1: Yeah, we drove down. Um, it was it was an experience. I mean it was about a 12 hour drive. Um, I drove. From DC out to Reston to uh, scoop up texts, so we could then drive to the Dulles Airport to scoop up the rental to go back to his house to load the rental to then get on the road. So um, you know, it was it was a total shit show from the word go.
2: Wow, that's that's an aggressive start. Uh, so you know, I don't I haven't done the, I don't think I have done the regionals event down in Atlanta. Um, were you guys indoors or outdoors down there?
3: We were indoors, uh, so they had concrete floors for each of these vertical jumps, so <laughs> every single one just made me cringe, just for the thought of forces and just being a scientist, you know, but um, it it was nice and cool. We didn't have to worry about the heat or the sun. It was almost too comfortable.
2: Yeah, right. Um, and then what were some standout, like, just experiences there? I mean, what were, did the people in Atlanta know who CrossFit Football uh, was at all? Um,
3: some did, some did not. So it, I definitely in my experience had a lot more people come up and say, CrossFit football, what's that? So it may may have been uh, just kind of CrossFit's newer down there than it is in California and, and Jay Welly's not as much of a presence as mm-hmm. it is in SoCal. So that that could have been it or these guys were I mean, I love the accents, but I don't know if they were experienced strength and conditioning people, the people that are asking us. You know oh. they, their form did not follow their function.
2: <laughs> so truly
3: why I don't think they knew.
2: Yeah, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, that's I think that's one of the more trying uh aspects of, of the regionals events is the number of times I hear people say, Oh, I've never heard of CrossFit football. And it's like you hear that one time and you're like, okay, like I'm 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 in I'm prepared mentally and physically to educate this person. And then uh and then you hear it so many times and then you just get beat down and before you know it, you're just sort of like rocking back and forth in a chair. And you're like, how do these people not know about CrossFit football? And, you know, the my experience in, in the West Regionals this past weekend was uh, in in Tacoma was uh, when I initially showed up to set up the booth, uh, the, the chick walking around kind of helping people find their locations approached me with um, our packet of information. And she just said, you know, who are, who are you guys with? And I, I told her, CrossFit football. And um, she says, "Oh, okay, um, yeah, I was wondering who you guys were." And I said, "Yep, that's that's us." And she said, um, "So, I, so are you guys an apparel company?" And I uh, I thought to myself, maybe she's joking because clearly, like, we're uh, we're apparel whores, uh, which is totally fine. But um, but then I realized that she legitimately thought that we were just like another, you know. Like junk junk brands or like another one of those like T shirt slinging companies and I was like actually no you know we were one of the specialty seminars for for CrossFit and she had no idea never heard of it and turn come to find out she was running the entire West Regionals event and I just you know I just figured that that maybe she of any of the people there might have an understanding of who we were but that's that's no big deal I was happy to educate her. Now she knows exactly, um, but yeah, we you know we weren't uh, able to source a vertec for for the West Regional, so unfortunately I had to rock the bra jump again on concrete floor, and so it was a little dicey. I have to say there was uh, minimal participation in that, just because when you have the vertec, it's it's kind of like it's like this beacon, right? It's like this really tall thing that people can see from all angles, and it's sort of it brings people in, um, and, you know, it, it draws a lot of attention. But the broad jump, not so much. It's way less sexy. Uh, so look, moving forward, I'm definitely going to have to get a vert tech next time we do the West Regionals. But, um, you know, we had a lot of engagement from people, a lot of people who follow the program in and around this area. Uh, we ha- we've always had good turnout um, when we had our competitions, Occupy Strength and the Team Series up here. So... A lot of people stopping by just to kind of thank us for the program. And then, obviously, the, the extreme opposite is just like people who had never heard of us. So
3: Yeah, I definitely. Uh, Bobby and I ran into a lot of alums from certs. So that was cool, just kind to yeah. hands, catch up, see what's going on. Uh, but in California, that's not my region. So a lot of people were kind of asking where, where Callie and Luke were. Right. I told them, like, they're on assignment. Luke was
2: uh,
3: <laughs> in Vegas was on, on assignment.
2: Speaking uh, of... Speaking but, of on assignment, I'm sorry to cut you off, Tex. Um, did you guys have a seminar recently? I'm so out of the loop. Did you?
3: Um, you know what? I, I can't even recall. Uh, so what what did you do
2: the, the weekend before Atlanta?
3: I lived one weekend at a time. Kevin.
2: Okay. Uh, sorry. Anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you going to say?
3: Just that uh, – so I was getting a lot of people that are complimenting the podcast. Oh. kind of our, our content, our articles. So they – they were looking for Callie and Luke. They didn't find them, so then they went to the next best thing, which is Power Ethnic Radio, naturally, and <laughs> the articles. So that was kind of cool to see people that were connecting. And a lot of, I had three people say, Well, I thought you'd be taller.
2: <laughs> they did not.
3: Yes, they did.
1: You I had just... three people ask you if In you California. thought that you would be taller? California, man. You just, what you just sound tall on Power Ethnic I... Radio? <laughs> you no, know, he sounds tall on the radio The hey. knowledge
3: that I'm dropping in the articles, that just <laughs> of a tall man, I guess that,
2: uh, Yeah, I would, you know I hear Tom Cruise gets that all the time and he's like a babe, he's like a rock star, right? Yeah, yeah. You, know
0: what, you know what's funny is, uh, Tex brings up a good point is one thing that I did notice is there was a lot of athletes walking around um, after they competed and I noticed that like the competitive men and the competitive women were almost the same height. So, I mean, this may have been addressed before, but just that optimal height slash weight for CrossFit. Yes. Uh, I mean, the chicks were probably five, five six, to yeah, five, seven eight. max. Yeah, and uh, you know the dudes like walking around. I I had a double take. You know, the whole weekend trying realizing that these guys aren't very tall and they seem big because you know it's like the NBA. Everyone looks the same height, but when you see an NBA player in real life, they look like a giant. And right. it's the same thing, except the converse here. So that was an interesting thing that I noticed.
2: Yeah, very astute observation, Levi. I, uh, you know, I always, my eye, <laughs> I mean, no offense, but my eye is rarely drawn to the, to the shorter statured athletes uh, of the male kind. And so I never really, like, pay that much attention. But, uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great point. We, I think... Yeah, I mean, we know that there's like an ideal height, body, kind of body type, and it's just like that compact gymnast-esque body. So um, very interesting. Um, so uh, Tex, you, I'm not sure what your last seminar was, but mine was in Spain and Madrid with, with John. And again, we were kind of off the grid for I think like five or six days, and then me even a couple days after um, if anyone did come to this Tacoma regional event uh there was a 50/50 chance you were going to get barfed on uh because i was uh highly ill all weekend and i think uh i think i got something in madrid but when i came back but we had a fantastic seminar of uh, i don't know uh over 40 people and you know i know that a lot of those guys uh the ones who do speak english listen to the podcast so you know a shout out to them for attending the seminar and being engaged and listening especially if you you speak English you have to hear what I say twice from uh, straight from my mouth and then through the interpreter so um, a lot of patience for that seminar and Tex you've done a lot of international seminars too and I know you've worked with a translator so you know it's like a it's a very draining experience from both ends I'm sure
3: yeah and uh, the most interesting part about all that is if you drop a line you say a joke or something Nobody laughs. And right. Then you turn and look at your interpreter, one, two, three lines later, in, in John's case, you know, five minutes later, the interpreter gets to the joke and then the whole room blows up.
2: Yeah. That part is pretty like validating because you're, it's, you know, you're, you're used to your, com- your, your standard comedic timing and, and none of that really, uh, it all goes out the window when you're, and also like the sense of humor can be different when you're overseas and, uh, Luckily, luckily, the the uh, Madrid crew had a pretty good sense of humor. They didn't seem to mind the fact that I cursed. I I uh, submit that my interpreter was not interpreting all of my curse words, which is fine. That's he's taking he's taking a professional liberty with that. but um, but yeah, ultimately, like, awesome. We got to see a bullfight, um, which I've never seen before. I have to say, it pulled at my heartstrings a little bit because uh, ultimately they're just trying to kill the bull, as it turns out. Uh, and they do that by any means necessary at the end. They'll get like five bull wranglers, whatever you call them, bullfighters, and they'll just basically stab the bull uh, until it bleeds and passes out, which is really hard uh, to to watch um, the first one. And then you get really used to it, and then you're like, oh, this is pretty badass. Um, so there's, I guess there's like five or six bullfights and, uh, another interesting thing is that you can't go into the ring or the arena while a bullfight is going on. So you have to wait, um, sort of in the back hallways before they'll let you in as if it might distract the bull somehow, like it's like a tennis match or something really quiet and, um, you know, and so there is that kind of like old school uh respect uh aspect to it but they're like the demographic of people who who go to these things are like very hoity toity old school very few young people uh because it's i think not, it, not like nascar right? right it's not at all like nascar it's i think it's actually on on the outs because uh, of like animal rights activists and just people in general are are like leaning towards sports that don't uh end up killing things by the end of it but um, but overall good experience drank a lot of wine, had a lot of cheese and uh other goodies and stuff but uh it was it was a good trip so let's uh let's talk a little bit about um some of the perform performances at regionals um you know i am god, I wish I had Ben Taylor here. Ben Taylor helped me out in the Tacoma Regionals big time, not only just, like, his physical presence and helping me with, like, selling shirts and talking to people about CrossFit football, but he also knows what the fuck is going on in CrossFit. Like, he knows um, what the various athletes are up to, who's injured, who's got the best time and what, and, uh, you know, so so he was able to kind of keep me up and up and who the good athletes are in, in our um, – Regional event definitely like Lucas Parker was one of those kind of standout athletes. I think he's from Canada. Um, But I was just curious if you guys uh, got to witness any of the the main regional um, kind of highlight events or if there was any standout performances.
3: Unfortunately, the the only team I was able to see out the event was just CrossFit DC just because they're close friends. Uh, But just kind of following the standings throughout. Uh, the Atlantic was interesting because I mean, uh, we got old, old school Christy Phillips, uh, Christy Atkins, who was competing in the Atlantic regional, and then those of you from the Mid-Atlantic know she's been just crushing it since since the dawn. So it was interesting to follow her, and she she had a, a unique experience as an athlete in that uh, she found out for sure that every every rep truly counts. She missed one snatch, and that was just enough to Exclude her from her first ever CrossFit game so that she's not going. So, uh, just kind of her. yes, I know. So big news in there, and the the females every I believe every one from the Atlantic Regional uh, is from Florida. So the merger, the super regional combo with Mid Atlantic and uh, the Southeast, it, the women from Florida swept it. So it's kind of interesting now Mid Atlantic has no women represented even though they've been so strong you know, well, for
2: so long. well do you think part of that is due to uh, like some of the women from the mid-atlantic have moved right it Gretchen is relocated right and so is Jen Jones isn't that correct
3: well uh, yeah Jen Jones went down to Texas but Gretchen was competing at this
2: regional oh, oh okay gotcha gotcha uh, so um the the chicks that did make it then were any of those the ones that had attended our seminar down there
3: uh unfortunately no. Brooks, uh Lauren Brooks, she she had to bow out I believe day one or two um from competition because of a pre-existing injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Fortunato, she was just kinda hanging out, so we were able to take a selfie with her. So it's yeah. on her Instagram. Go ahead and check it out, Bobby and I. Uh but uh other than that, no one no one we've been able to connect with. But uh one of PlayTex girls, uh Cassie Lance. Uh, from Miami sir, just moving on and she uh, her uh, Bobby what do you call him? uh
1: her her PT yeah
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> her PT was uh, just hanging out in the back back corner with us because that's where our booth was so we had a fortune enough to kind of have some great conversations with him just about his preparation and uh, working with her
2: oh that's awesome that's great so uh she so then she tra- she'll travel with that PT I assume to the games and stuff. I mean what what is his role? Does he have several athletes or does he just work with her exclusively?
1: He was there specifically just to work with uh, work with her and um, we had been talking a little bit after we had kind of wrapped things up you know and he said that uh, he hopes to travel with her again to California. you know I have uh, some of the high level uh, competitive exercisers do kind of have a cadre you know, yeah. they have like a whole bandwagon of sponsors and PTs who are going to, you know, just go with them to competitions. My buddy, um, Callie, do you remember, you remember Keith Crawley? The yes, of was course. PT from, uh, so he's a really good, uh, friend of ours from up in Boston. He's a PT and he's traveling out to the games because he's, uh, going to be working on a bunch of the Reebok one athletes from open Boston. Wow. So they just like send him out wherever they need to go. And, they, Cassidy, did the same thing with this PT. He was fantastic.
2: Wow, that's crazy. Well, I hope to run into him there. He's a, He was such, such a nice guy, a cool guy, and obviously, like, super smart. And I fucking love the word cadre. I totally forgot that word existed, and I'm going to be using that. Boom. <laughs> um, Levi, uh, I know that you follow a bit of CrossFit, too. You're, you're a moderate, a, a low-to-moderate fanboy of CrossFit, can you remember anything from the SoCal event that uh, that was noteworthy? Did you get a chance to watch anything from the sideline?
0: Um, not too much. I mean, uh, China did make it through, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, she's one of the OGs with us. I got to hang out with uh, Freddie for a little while after day two, I believe it was, and he's actually uh, going to be competing with the Masters. Yeah. So they both get to compete in the games this year simultaneously, which I know for them is very exciting. They work really hard, and... Uh, so that was cool to kind of shoot the breeze with them and, and catch up. So
2: yeah, they're super cool. I'm, I'm so excited for them. I, you know, it's just like, you love when a plan comes together. That's awesome.
0: 100%. Yeah.
3: So how left, th- left me in the trenches, goes to hang your- out with Freddie and didn't even tell me. Yeah, that's how I do it. So that. after an prick. hour, he comes back and he's like, oh man, Freddie's such a great guy. I'm like, what the
1: hell are you talking about?
2: <laughs> well, it's true. He is a good, he is a great guy. Um, He's uh he looks badass too, my God, yeah. and he never ages. Like I don't understand his he I've seen him for like years now, and he looks he's Benjamin Button. I don't get it.
3: I, I do have a great uh, Freddie C story. So at uh, my first ever CrossFit football cert, I think it was the fifth all time. It was in Oakland, California, mm-hmm. and Freddie C Rob Wolf, all these guys were in attendance. I had no freaking idea who any of these guys were, and they're all buddy buddy with John. And so back then we did the 225 bench press test for all the attendees. There was like nice. 40 in attendance. And so Freddie sees the first one up, and so, as somebody else lowers the bar. Freddie lays down with the bench press. He knocks out like 14 reps, racks it, and he's like, these plates are uneven." Someone had put a 25 kg plate on one side of it, and he just still repped out 14 like it wow. was even. Nothing.
2: Wow, what a Jamoke putting a 25 fem- or 25 kilo plate. That's funny. Uh, ha so so uh, how's uh China looking? You know, she if I if I were going to pick one female body to uh to s- somehow inhabit and and have as my own, it would be China's body. It is it's the most banging physique I've ever seen. Um and I'm sure like I've seen her go through a lot of phases though. So uh she she went from like super lean for a while like almost like too lean and now last time I saw her I think it was last year it looks like she's she had put on some muscle Is she like uh looking pretty jacked this year you guys
0: yeah and she was another person that I didn't realize how tall she was yeah um definitely it makes sense after you know having a swim back around you could tell that she uh would be a good swimmer but uh yeah she looks good um she looks ready to go that's for sure yeah, uh, she looked strong uh, from what I got to see, and she looked ready to go. So
2: awesome! Yeah, um, she definitely looked
3: comfortable in her own skin. Because I know yeah. we uh, we we seen kind of an evolution of her as an athlete, and when she put on weight, she had to work through some injuries and recover from that. So I think she finally found her playing weight and is is just crushing it.
2: Yeah, she certainly is. Um yeah she look like I, like you said she just lo- she does I've watched some videos of her recently and she looks more comfortable and I think she gained a lot of confidence last year, uh, which is obviously that we know that that is just it gives you like leaps and bounds going into um any subsequent competition. uh let's just like touch on the uh the Julie Foucher incident. I know before the show we were watching some videos it was hard to kind of source a a good video of the actual. Uh, the onset of the injury which was uh, during some uh, box jumps or box overs Um, and we're just you know like just out of the the fucking like the masses we're interested to see how it happened and kind of pontificate on like possible like was this accumulation of volume that put her in a bad position or was she just in a bad position you know and uh, you know there's no. I don't think there's been any like public like okay here's the exact exact diagnosis. But it, I think it's pretty obvious that this was like an Achilles strain or injury. Um, you know I guess uh, Tex, did you were you able to glean anything from the video that you might have um you know seen any issues with posture or position?
3: Uh, well, just she's catching in that plantar flex foot, just kind of leisurely hopping off the box. So if you're not landing in dorsiflexion and truly going to power out of the bottom, that is a bad idea. So she should have been stepping down or just getting box overs. That is a long workout. And so, I mean, she could have saved. She might have cost her 15 seconds to step down throughout that whole process. But at the end of the day, she would have been still competing. So uh, just taking a look at the whole weekend, and we know that it only takes one rep to get injured. There was still a lot of build up for that moment. So, day one, it was rope climbs, so definitely some falling, and uh, it might have been built up there, and then into a treadmill run, and then a lot of double-unders.
2: So, yeah, you know, the 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 crazy thing is that she looks absolutely shocked by the incident, and I was going to ask you, Bobby, because you've worked with tons and tons of different athletes, and CrossFitters, and, and you know, strongmen, and... Um, you know, fighters and all sorts of different athletes. Have you ever seen someone suffer an Achilles injury?
1: I have never personally witnessed um, an Achilles injury, oh, and that's great. I, I yeah, I'm I'm pretty thankful for that too. But you know what? Her reaction is consistent with other people I know who have had Achilles injuries, where they literally are I think someone hit them from behind, or tripped them, or kicked them in the back of their leg, or I watched a, a short clip of a video where Julie actually said she thought a barbell had rolled into her leg, um, so she was just shocked and stunned. You know, it's not—it's typically not something where you're like, "Oh yeah, my Achilles is feeling sore."
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just—it looks like it's just like that—that—that that, uh, that instantaneous, like um, you know, episode that just comes from nowhere. Well. Yeah. I'm sure like i I'm sure y'all uh can s- sort of um, have the same sentiment that I do, which is you know everybody wishes her a speedy recovery she's she's such an amazing yeah. athlete and just uh
3: you never want to see any that happen to anybody because yeah gonna be a ten to twelve month recovery, and from there, who knows I think she said she this she's gonna step down um, so wish her the best of luck in recovery uh but Just kind of one thing, there's been a lot of articles on the Internet out there. It's like, well, get rid of box jumps or no no bounding. That's not going to happen.
2: Right. that's what? It's not going to happen. And, and, you know, the one thing, too, is that people, you can look at the competition itself and you can say, okay, so let's look at this competition and, and determine what led to this injury. But what people don't know is, is the individual training that goes up into this point, the accumulation of hundreds of thousands of reps, the the two and three days that go into preparing for something like this. And the body ha- it creates this history and this... Uh, you know, it, it creates, it creates, um, you know, almost like this bank account full of reps. And, uh, you know, there's, it, it just, it doesn't, um, it doesn't just become completely recovered before a competition like this. And so you can't just isolate the incident and say, okay, this is, this is purely a reflection of the programming or, you know, her position yeah. in the movement. It's, there's a lot behind the scenes that people aren't seeing.
3: Absolutely. So, and you can't, can't get mad at her. You can't get mad at the games being programmed that way. It's just an unfortunate incident, and it needs to be a big picture approach if this is ever if this is going to stop happening. So, coaches need to look at how are their athletes landing now, because I don't care if it's freaking Sunday morning class with a bunch of moms or a regionals level games competitor, they need to be landing in that dorsiflexion, and if they are truly going to bound they need to demonstrate a level to even just catch a a single jump in a proper position.
2: Right. Absolutely. Yep, it's just due diligence. Um, good coaching. Um, well let's talk a little bit about just kind of the evolution of uh, the games briefly. I mean uh, we always see changes every year and uh, as far as I know they they haven't released any of like the game stuff. They do that what like Maybe three weeks ahead of time, is that accurate, guys?
3: With always a surprise or two,
2: yeah, so they'll they'll leave a couple open ended workouts you know kind of unbeknownst to the to the competitors. but um have you guys seen anything that you found to be like changes? I don't know whether it made it more spectator friendly or uh, kind of unique workouts. Did anyone take anything noteworthy away from uh, the regionals?
3: I like I the team aspect. Instead of just, um, hey, this is set many rep, uh, reps, like team's got to hit it, or each athlete has to do this many or that many, they made them work together. So it was the, you know, partner hold deadlift, partner deadlifts, the ch- synchronized chest-to-bar pull-ups. So it's weird or, it, you know. Stupid as you may think those are. At the same time, two athletes have to communicate. They're a male and a female. They're different strengths and levels, and they have to synchronize with the other one, which is incredibly challenging. So I, I thought that was incredibly unique. That you just got a, a different approach. So we'll see how that evolves into the games.
0: Um, is I would say that as random as it may seem to maybe an outsider. It definitely seems like they put a lot more thought into the programming just from, I know, the first couple of games, they would literally put movements into a hopper and spin it around, pull them out, and that's what they were doing. So, um, you know, as random as it seems, I think there is a method to the madness, and they're just finding a way to challenge them a little bit more each year just because it seems like it gets a little bit harder each year, Uh, you know, throwing in those secrets that they don't release early on.
2: Yeah, I think they're doing other things, too, just, like, um, and it's not just exclusive to this year, but they are making making it more um, uh, sort of, like, spectator-friendly in the aspect where you can see where people are throughout the workout, right? So they have them, like, moving the quote-unquote chess pieces and um, so that the spectators and the crowd, from an elevated point of view, can get an idea of where the fuck people are in the workouts, right? You don't know what round they're on if they're not moving this, like, chest piece to sh- indicate, you know, what at what point in the workout that they're um, currently on. So, I mean, that part's pretty pretty handy, I think.
3: I will jump on that And that what I did when I saw a one-mile run programmed, and without looking any further into it, I was like, yes. Because in the Olympics, that race, it's, gonna, it's neck and neck, and you're seeing them compete. I personally did not like how it was on a, a treadmill. Because then I can't see it, you know? Right. If they, if they put a track around the arena, and then the last hundred yards, it's a freaking dead-on sprint foot race to get to the barbell, that would have been something I would have, you know, been, just been jacked Well, up
2: for. and they, you know, and they sort of, I totally get that, and it's obvious that the, the reason it was on a treadmill is because there's, sponsors involved and all that stuff and it's also the reason that it was at the beginning of the workout because imagine if they had that race at the end and nobody knew where the fuck people were within their you know and it's just an announcer kinda of indicating sporadically like where people were that would totally change the excitement of the event and so you I mean unless they're able to broadcast that up onto a a big screen which I'm sure that the technology does not exist for that to happen uh, But, like, you you know, then that would get super exciting. Can you imagine people on those free runners just fucking booking it at the end? Oh, my God, that would be so great.
3: Yeah. I'm just thinking of the games because the games, kind of you run into the stadium and a barbell's waiting there, so there's, like, two crowds cheering. That's that's just what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, I got My experience there, I thought it was cool.
2: Yeah. How about you, Bobby? Did you think uh, anything, any pros, cons, any changes that were good or bad?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, the – most obvious change was having, uh, for me personally, worked at the Mid-Atlantic Regionals, now having this Super Regional. We were exposed to so many different athletes that we typically don't get to see, right? Because a lot of these great regional competitors who are, you know, great competitive exercisers don't make it to the games. And so the level of competition at the Atlantic Super Regional was, uh, was much different. You know, a lot of case in point, some of these very classic Great athletes from the mid-Atlantic didn't make it, right? They got bummed out because the level of competition was different. But I will say this. When we were inside the venue, the way the uh, Atlantic regional was set up, they had all of the spectators kind of packed into one spot. And because we were indoors, it became so loud. It was like Mad Max at the fucking Thunderdome, man. You couldn't (laughs) hear anything in there. It was borderline deafening. And so there were parts, there where the crowd were so excited to watch these athletes compete last couple reps in the hot heats, you know. It was totally bananas. So from that perspective, I think the venue was, when you're actually sitting inside the venue from a spectator's perspective, was much better.
2: Yeah, and I don't know how, but there are little changes like that. And I don't know if yeah. they're choosing the venues differently or whatever, but... I have to agree. The same thing with the West Regionals. There were it was, there were times where it was just like so thunderous that you could like feel your body vibrating. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on behind that curtain, but it's, it's something epic is going down. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I, I did just like a minor point that um, I, I kind of liked about the, the programming and stuff is uh, they used strict handstand push-ups this year. And I thought that was pretty badass it's just like a like a minor thing that I saw that I was just like, okay, you know because you I think in our in our general population when we go to any average gym, I mean people are 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 uh, very um, prone to want to go for the kipping everything straight out the gate because that's what the competitors do for time. Well, when you change the competition and you force uh, more uh, strength movements like strict handstand push ups. It might start to trickle down into the the mindset of those new new members and kind of get them thinking like okay you know even if I do want to put myself in the shoes of a competitor not all not all competitions are going to allow kipping everything and so it'd be just badass to see things like strict pull-ups and um, strict handstand push-ups and even weighted pull-ups um, you know that don't allow any hip flexion or anything like that. Um, at at the actual games this year i would be so stoked i know that we did that for pats we did weighted pull-ups uh and you know i just i think that those things but kind of like a back to basics um and just you know there are other ways to make the competition harder besides you know just more reps and, and and crossfit knows that right but um you know there's just a I, like I said in terms of that trickle down effect to our to our general population and and everybody wanting to be the next froning um it's a more it's a much more realistic way to get to that end game because we're really laying a strength foundation.
3: So you're talking about more seesaw walks, right?
2: <laughs> Any opportunity <laughs> for you to to throw in a warm up suggestion? <laughs> yeah.
3: It, I, if the games were up to me, there are two things I would do. I would add IT band slow twisting kicks.
2: Oh my God! And
3: how flood, do you qual?
2: How do you quantify that?
3: <laughs> uh, I, I'm just putting this so I can win the CrossFit games. Okay. Yeah,
1: because there there are about five people on earth who can do them.
2: I'm well, Fre- Texas is one of them. I might yeah. be one of them.
1: <laughs> three of them are on the podcast right now.
2: Right.
3: right. <laughs> Second one would be
2: flood the freaking
3: tennis courts and then have people lunge through one foot deep of water.
2: Yeah. Gosh, how do you judge if the knee is touching the ground?
3: Well, at that point, it's just the, I don't know. The it's it's just to...
2: running against water is I, basically. I'm, what I'm you're not thinking.
3: thinking here. I'm just throwing scenarios out there, hoping Castro listens, and then it just you know I start a revolution.
2: Yeah, so it's, <laughs> you guys, let's hear some predictions. What are uh, what are some predictions or things that you'd like to see? Anything? You know, there's going to be Three, some swimming events.
3: Three-legged race, three-legged swimming.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see treading water with a weighted vest <laughs> and a brick overhead.
3: So, drown proofing.
2: Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd yep. like to see. Um, I like. I always like in terms of the team stuff because the team stuff is really fun to watch. I like to see people having to like carry their partner and do crazy shit with their partner. Um, I really like that when it's almost so like
3: nose to nose buddy carries.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> sounds sexual. Um, I don't know, Levi, Bobby, you guys got any ideas?
0: Yeah, um, just going along with the last podcast or one of the previous ones that you had with uh, Rob Orlando and Logan. Just maybe some strongman stuff in there. Um, you know, I like I always like to see that kind of kind of thing. Uh, it seems like they have the gymnastic stuff covered pretty well. Uh, minus a routine, but uh, yeah, something like that would be interesting for me. I'm I'm pretty basic, so uh, I don't need a lot of uh, lunging through water. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, just just that kind of stuff is entertaining to me. Something different than just a ton of the same thing, a ton of the same reps. You know what I mean?
2: Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I love odd objects, strongman stuff. I mean, how cool would it be to see like. Uh, team, Atlas Stones, something really crazy, you know? I think that it, more of it is coming. I don't know if we'll see any strongman stuff in the games. I uh, really hope we do, but, uh, yeah, the, the more grip-intensive, the better.
3: Yeah. yeah, what about phone book rips? If you can't rip it, <laughs> sorry, you're out. You're gone. you got gone, god.
2: <laughs> That'd be me. I'd be fucking gone in a second. I'd ask for one of those, like, tiny phone books.
3: But no, it would be uh, the grippers. So you got to close.
1: The,
2: <laughs> that. Yeah,
1: just close. Captain's crush grippers. Uh, sorry, you can't. You can't. You're a man, and you can't close a three. You're gone.
2: Oh my so god! Then, but we
3: built it in like the deadlift. You know how they uh, just, <laughs> the stronger athletes would you know gravitate towards the heavier deadlifts in that team competition. Well, we just have the grippers.
2: How about so, we do like
3: but imagine it on the freaking soccer field and nobody can see anything from the stands. That's what I'm into.
2: <laughs> oh my god. What if it what if we do like a, like uh either manual resistance glute ham raise or just like a traditional glute ham raise straight into a forty yard gap?
0: <laughs> that would be fantastic. And if you don't tear your hamstring, you win. <laughs>
2: Oh, my God, dude. Can you, can you imagine
3: what people <laughs> Well, if you either leave your lane or tear your hamstring, you're out. Oh,
0: my God, Maybe dude. Maybe stumble on a little bit.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, followed by, like, that, like, or, like, you have to run straight into water. Like, people would be, like, moving nowhere. I don't know why that's so amusing to me. Um, well, I know. Like, if, I know that... Uh, that they're going to come up with something unique just like they do every year and they all I actually like I'm not too butthurt about the um, equipment being involved like it whether it's assault bike or free run or whatever it's always a new element they're gonna add something new every year anyway so um, you know it might as well be helping to kind of fund and promote the event Um, you know it would obviously if it gets like too weird and like too dicey then uh, then it wouldn't make sense but but, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the games. Um, and I know that uh, will all all of us be present at the CrossFit football booth?
0: Oh, yeah. I'll be there.
2: Tax?
3: Absolutely. I'm the, the freaking roughneck.
2: Are you in California <laughs> right now? I don't even know if you might be there setting up the booth two months in advance. Like, get us a good spot.
3: I'm actually oh. flooding the stadium right <laughs> now. Great.
2: Right. Just, just one Dixie cup at a time. Well, um, we've got a lot of exciting things coming up. Of course, we'll be at the games, but that's far in advance. Um, we have a lot of seminars coming up that I want to mention. Uh, we've got New York uh, this coming weekend, correct? Who's going to that?
1: Yeah, Tex and I. Uh, driving nice. up.
2: The Texan, the Texan Bobby show. The road uh, show. Then we have Seattle uh, the weekend after that, so I'll be doing that. I believe Luke's coming up for that. Then we have Manchester in the U.K., um, followed by Denver, and then Ames, Iowa. So those are, in case you guys are living under a rock, uh, you need to get out and get to one of those certs. Um, we don't have... Uh,
3: we have a couple East Coast ones that we just put up when uh, we had went down to the Atlantic, and that's going to be Atlanta, September 13th and 14th. And then one I'm excited for, we're going to Muscle Ooh! River, South yes. Cactalacque, and that's that's just the end of August. Last South
2: week. Carolina?
1: South oh, yeah. Carolina. We are going to Muscle Driver. That is going to be absolutely phenomenal.
2: That's awesome. Oh my gosh, I'm jealous. Is, is that in September as well? Uh that's last. gonna be last
3: weekend in August. Oh, before, in August. Okay. For
2: the ATL one. Nice. Cool. Um man, so like so many seminars this summer. I feel like in the summer we don't usually have this many just because we're always working around the games and stuff, but uh but it sounds packed. We're gonna have a busy next couple of months, um, you will have the opportunity to take advantage of a discount if you're going to be at the Games, so if any of those locations sound good to you, um, you'll have the opportunity to sign up for them at the Games for a discount. Um, Anything else you guys want to hit on? We're going to go talk with DJ Muscleboy in just a matter of days, hours, minutes really. Uh, On Thursday we're going to talk with him and we'll put the show out for that next week, Um, but I'm super stoked for that. If you guys don't know who he is, just Google uh, or YouTube DJ Muscle Boy. Not only is he the world's most muscular DJ, but he is a pretty hilarious guy. He's uh, somebody who doesn't doesn't really take himself too seriously, and in is uh, into strength training. And is definitely also a very controversial uh, figure in his home of Iceland. So,
3: yeah, I, I also want to uh, just put a shout out for the Basics program. So I know a lot of people are training out of their garages, independent. And what we've been kind of tailoring the basics on Train Heroic for is, is high schools. Like we're doing a bunch of filming of some partner workouts. so They don't have to be done solo that you can implement in a gym, a high school gym with a team. Uh, so we're, we're just kind of tailoring that program towards kind of a team training program for getting kids on a program we know works. And it's consistent from the ground up and then with that long-term life cycle of an athlete in there. That uh, you know you don't need chains or bands or anything, just the shit that works.
2: It's I mean, only we're... been up for about ooh a week, maybe.
3: Yeah, Luke. Uh, Luke's kicked it off with a high school in California, and then I'm I'm starting one with uh, a DC on Monday. So we're we're uh, we're programming and just building that thing out, and it, it's gonna be awesome.
0: Uh, before we get going, I do have uh, a shout out as well. We are going to be doing a seminar out here in Southern California. And it will be at the headquarters of Power Athlete, so you guys get to see where the butter is churned and the bread is made, or however you say that. Um, So be on the lookout for that to come out as well.
2: Do you know what month Luke was thinking about doing that, Levi? It
0: should be in August. So it'll be before you guys, before all of you coaches. I know we had some interest with high school football coaches, and it'll be before your season and before you go uh too deep into that so you should be able to attend that. In addition, we also have released grindstone. So for all of you who don't have the time to follow the programming of Field Strong, uh, of Jack Street, but you love the narratives, you love what we do here, uh that is also released and that is a optimal training for those of you that are working professionals. For, so, for
2: working mothers, just kidding. Yeah.
0: Working <laughs> motherfuckers.
2: Working motherfuckers. Um uh, that's awesome, and I know that plenty of people will be excited to make it to the Mecca, a.k.a. Power Athlete HQ. Uh, hopefully there'll, there'll be like a combine bench press test to see who, who gets to take my desk. Maybe someone can just uh, can just start working there. Levi, have you taken my desk? Are you now like like that's your, your home in your corner?
0: My dirty shoes are on your desk.
2: That's fucking disrespectful. Oh, my God.
0: I had to raise uh, the desk up because it was so short, though.
2: I'll allow it. Uh, All right, guys, let's wrap this up. Thank you so much. Um, I'm glad that we got to recap all this stuff, and uh, I will see you at uh, the games for sure. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. See
0: you guys. Bye.
2: Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. For more information on the CrossFit football seminars, head to crossfitfootball.com backslash events. We are all over the world through the end of the year, so take a look at the dates and locations and make it to the seminar closest to you, period. If you haven't visited Train Heroic for access to Power Athletes' amazing programming templates like Field Strong, Jack Street, and The Basics, you are missing out on a comprehensive strength and conditioning system that can literally change your game, be it on-field performance, be it aesthetics for picking up bros or broettes. Or just simply surviving the day to day struggle that is life. As you know, there's a lot of noise out there, and all we're trying to do is bring you the sweet, sweet music. The stuff that actually makes sense and gets the job done. Don't forget to tune in to episode 109 when we welcome Gils Einerson, aka DJ Muscle Boy, aka the self proclaimed world's most muscular DJ. He has the charisma and confidence of a young Arnold and certainly the ambition to do something with it. So look forward to that episode next week. Until then, bye!